0: welcome to monstrology episode 27 uh we're back we did a whole year imagine, and i know and, and then some uh so we're returning for another episode in a whole new year i'd like to think that we learned a lot uh, along the way you know about monsters surely Uh, definitely
1: also
2: (laughs) i think we've also learned a lot about self-preservation in the face of (laughs) monsters and creatures (laughs) yes for
0: better or for worse through kidnappings and other uh circumstances and Um, lying
2: about our location several times yes (laughs) yes no. <laughs> um
0: to those who have been following us on our new instagram at monstrology pod you will also know that we crowned our monstrology 2022 mm-hmm. bracket champions which went in a narrow victory but well earned to vampires uh very exciting stuff uh, we had a final of vampires in godzilla and you know what i think last time when we were doing our kind of um halloween commentary on the bracket we said that there might be momentum uh for the older monster and it turned out to be just enough momentum to get them past the finish line um to to take down godzilla so i thought that i think was...
2: it's very yeah i think it's very fitting that like a very classic halloweeny monster took the halloween bracket this year mm-hmm. yeah That's...
0: it was fun. I like it and i think we had a nice solid uh semi honestly i was a bit I'm not going to say surprised, but a little bit. Let's just say taken aback uh, when vampires took down dragons, because dragons had so mm-hmm. much support leading yes. to the semifinals. Um, so then, when vampires took down dragons, I was like, "Oh, oh, they're oh, coming in." It's anybody's game final. now. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Whereas I thought if it was Godzilla versus dragons, I just felt like Godzilla was going to take down a dragon because yeah. they're similar, yeah. but you know, with some atomic power. Anyway, thanks to everybody who participated in the Monstrology Halloween Bracket. It was fun to run. It required a lot of me following uh, social media and posting at very strange times to try to keep up with the live results, um, but it was a lot of fun. Um, we are now in a stark contrast uh, from, you know, dragons, vampires, Godzilla. <laughs> we are gonna be uh, getting into kind of a deep cut monster today. Now, I don't want to spoil um, the monster and until it's time, uh, but have you been getting any random phone calls today, Madryn?
2: Uh, luckily not today, no. But honestly, it's 2022. Who uses their phone as a phone?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I, right?
2: when was the last time you actually made a call on I your mean, phone?
0: I place calls on my phone, <laughs> oh, uh, really? but uh, usually as a utility, you know? Um or, or to check in with someone. You know, sometimes a conversation over text just uh, just doesn't do it justice, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: I suppose I had to call to make a hair appointment for next week. It's not mm-hmm. like I could text my hairdresser.
0: Are but, you dying um, your hair a extreme color or cutting uh yes? I've decided way? to go
2: rainbow. It's Mohawk? just gonna be different streaks, uh, pigtails. Oh just pigtails. Two, like I'll shave my head everywhere except for two pigtails coming up out of the sides. Uh, and they'll each be different rainbow stripes.
0: love it. I'd like to imagine that all of the listeners who have never met you before assume now that you always have like crazy hair,
1: <laughs> which, uh, which, hey, why not?
0: Um, all right. Well, I haven't been getting any phone calls, which is great. Um, I haven't been hearing any buzzing sounds either, uh, which could have been bad news. I was a little bit worried about the... Uh, electronic uh, setup that we got here for recording, but we seem to be in the clear so far, um, because today's monster really tends to take advantage uh, of these things, and to those who have read the title of this episode, today's monster is Mothman.
1: shadowy figure
0: a human size Mothman. <laughs> i decided to just come right out of the gate with the description and and skip the preamble of coming back from the break
2: i like it it sounded it sounded a bit like a radio play like you know what evil lurks in the hearts of men only the shadow knows oh, it was a bit well- like it had it kind of had that vibe i like nice. it nice nice
0: and uh just for those who are unfamiliar with mothman this is going to be a fairly modern monster Mm -hmm. um the mothman is typically depicted as an entity with like the characteristics of a human or a moth or kind of a butterfly even um but it there's some like depictions of is it of it as like an insectoid kind of monster but i don't think that's really the origin of where it is even though it's called mothman it's funny that there doesn't seem to be like bug images in the description of mothman no it's really
2: more yeah like when people talk about it the biggest descriptors are that it has such a large impressive wingspan yeah and that it's about the size of a human being Uh and then over and over again i read about the large red glowing eyes. Yes. I. Think so, that, I mean, maybe the red eyes is kind of the insect bug part. But... I think it's
0: the the silhouette is what I had. Oh, it, okay. it, the silhouette okay. of it, and it's kind of like shadowy wings,
1: mm-hmm. seems
0: to resemble a moth, like in its just image. Um, but I also read that, so they've got this, yeah, you're right, this massive wingspan of up to 10 feet, which is very large. Um, but also the, the wings fly without being flapped, which I thought was really interesting, almost like,
2: oh, more like a glide than, yeah,
0: but not even like, there's flight. no flapping involved. It's just, yeah, it's just this kind of glide or shadow movement that doesn't require any flapping. So I'm curious about the physics of that, but maybe they live more in like a specter vein. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, and, and also definitely these distinctive red, red eyes, um, which, you know, kind of gets into this again, as we have with many monsters, kind of this boogeyman territory of something mm-hmm. in the shadows, something you see, something you can't quite put your eye on in terms of what it is, like shifting and moving around, but like piercing red eyes. Um, the first Mothman sightings, as I said, was kind of rather modern monster, occurred in the small town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, which I don't know how this happens, but it's always the perfect names. Uh, point pleasant as a monster town is amazing is
2: just chef's kiss yeah right you're like right. thanks you're right. universe you're like, like it sounds almost like crystal lake you know like it's almost made up yes <laughs> like
0: there was another one uh that was it um uh i want to say lizard people but i think it was when we were talking about swamp monsters tickless in in truesdale which was a real place which is amazing like i'm just gonna have to create a list of all these amazing locations that the next time i have to write something site specific in a like spooky place it will be something in this vein um but anyway it happened in point pleasant west virginia in 1966 and on november 12th of that year Uh, five men in the nearby town of Clendenin were digging a grave when they reported seeing a kind of shadowy, shadowy, mothman-like figure fly over their heads um, and and land on a nearby tree, which uh, scared them, obviously. I mean, they're they're all digging a grave, so maybe they were just in a mood already. Uh, But three days later, on November 15th, two young uh, couples Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Mallette at separate locations told police that they were chased in their car by a black figure with a 10 foot wingspan and glowing red eyes. And so the cases just started to rack up, mm-hmm. um, which, hey, I mean. fool me once fool me twice fool me three times you know eventually there's something going on there i think
2: yeah like then yeah and so i was reading that after those two couples saw the mothman over the next few days there were other similar sightings there were two volunteer firemen who saw it and they described a large bird with red eyes but again Mm -hmm. like it's it's about that wingspan right um even the the sheriff was kind of like oh i think maybe i Maybe I saw it, maybe I know what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there was a contractor who said that he was he had aimed a, a flashlight out in a nearby field and that there were these glowy red eyes that mm-hmm. were like bicycle reflectors. So again, like there's that red glowy eye, big round things.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and he was the same person, like when you were saying in the introduction about the buzzing noises, he mm-hmm. was hearing buzzing noises from his television set mm-hmm. and his German shepherd dog went missing. So yes, but also I I was kind of like, okay. But because there were a lot of people who were like, oh, it's just a big bird. Why is everybody freaking out? Why would a, just a big bird want a German shepherd dog? Like those Mm -hmm. are not small dogs, right? It's not like it was a Chihuahua went missing, Mm -hmm. right? Like German shepherds are huge. So I fully believe Mothman haunts West Virginia.
0: Oh yeah. I I have no question in fact, um, we, we might just find out later on the episode that that is exactly the case. And this, this could be the same Mothman that we have coming on the program. We'll I'm not sure. Areas. Time will tell. Yes. Um, but you so see, you have all of these cases adding up. And then uh, there's also a um, World War II munition site nearby. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you saw this in your research. Imagine that it, it's they just call it the TNT area. And for a while, it was kind of like sanctioned that they were doing it properly. But um, years later, they also found red water like seeping into their um, water underground. So Mothman water. Well, it just showed (laughs) that the TNT had been leaking into their water supply. And so people said that this could either affect kind of this like mass hysteria, which is one description for when a whole mass group of people start believing this thing. Or, uh, the more interesting answer, is that many locals believe that Mothman lived inside uh, a vacant uh, nuclear power plant on the outskirts of town um, in an area that was once home to a top secret government facility where nuclear weapons were tested. And so I think that's clearly the more interesting and viable uh, answer for the supernatural um that obviously
2: the government was experimenting with hybrid human moth weapon (laughs) people uh this one you know he escaped his captors and he lives at the the tnt site and uh yeah i mean and obviously again terrorizes the people of west virginia and then the part that i thought was very, very interesting. And there are instances of this all over the world. So, you know, it has to be true is that the Mothman is a harbinger of doom.
0: Yes. Now this is a big... The uh... sightings
2: of the Mothman indicate something terrible is going to happen. And Mm -hmm. there are instances of this all over.
0: The most extreme of which um, is there was a a pretty uh, terrible tragedy that occurred in 1967 in Point Pleasant where um, the Silver Bridge, which is over US Route 35 over the Ohio River and like connected to Point Pleasant um, to uh, Galliopolis, Ohio, it collapsed on December 15th under the weight of this like rush hour traffic. And um, it killed 46 people. And two mm-hmm. of the bodies from that uh, collapse were never found, so it's awful. Um, but it was said that after this really large collapse, that the sightings of Mothman dwindled as though these uh, experiences that they had had um, in 1966 and all of these, um, you know, getting chased in your car, um, which seemed to be a common way or that interaction at the grave or, you know, buzzing or phone calls or whatever. It was, yeah, this, this great A warning from Mothman about the tragedy that occurred. And I think, in a similar way that we talk about banshees um, and some of these other monsters, it didn't seem that Mothman directly caused the bridge to collapse. Like, it's not like Mothman attacked the pipe that broke, it's just that Mothman knew that it was going to um, occur and um, tried to, I guess, warn them in some way. Um, yeah, but it's a pretty yes. extreme case
2: <laughs> yeah and 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 like I said, that there are yeah, so again, like you could chalk it up to like, oh, it's mass hysteria, or you know, people saw things uh or or like remembered things after the 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 bridge collapse happened, and you know, it's all just kind of like a false collective narrative, but, like I said, I found instances of the mothman appearing before lots of different huge disasters um so one of them was in russia in chernobyl
1: mm, yes, people I hear about this.
2: reported seeing the mothman creature in the days leading up to the chernobyl disaster mm. like that the creature was hovering over the plant um and that p- people who had seen the mothman creature apparently had terrible nightmares and again, had these incessant threatening phone calls Mm. that were happening to them.
0: It's well, Uh, if we, if we're going off the belief of this origin story that uh, Mothman was created in this uh, government facility with uh, nuclear weapons, it makes sense that maybe uh, Mothman would gravitate towards these types of uh, disasters, you know, understanding the potential of what they could do. mm
2: -hmm. Um, And I think too, with, um, what you what you were saying about how there this there was this it was in West Virginia the Mothman lives at this old munitions plant. Mm-hmm. Um, another instance that I found clear over on the other side of the world of people citing the Mothman was in um, Japan. Uh, mm-hmm. This actually happened relatively recently in 2011. There was an absolutely massive earthquake that happened, and it generated this absolutely destructive tsunami that killed mm-hmm. thousands of people and the biggest scariest thing about this particular tsunami is that part of the damage is that it damaged the fukushima nuclear power plant so mm-hmm. badly that it went into nuclear meltdown wow and it it's one of it was one of the worst in history it poison the environment the animals like this happened 11 years ago and people are still feeling the effects from it Mm -hmm. it's going to go on for a long time and i was reading a report a personal report of this american guy who um was visiting his friend in february of 2011 the the earthquake in fukushima happened in march of
1: 2011
2: Mm -hmm. and um he was staying with a friend and they decided that they were going to go out for a walk one evening along the seaside Mm -hmm. and you could see the fukushima nuclear power plant kind of off on the coast like you know a few blocks away kind of thing right and all of a sudden he said that he heard this giant whoosh sound Mm -hmm. which at first he took to be the waves of the ocean Mm -hmm. but then it happened again and then there was an ear-piercing shriek
1: Mm -hmm. and
2: he could see that there was another couple that was also taking a walk along the shoreline who also obviously heard it Mm -hmm. and this giant winged creature kind of took a dive bomb at the other couple wow yeah so of course like they're cowering now with you know and the man is trying to uh, protect the woman and that sort of thing too and then um it all of a sudden flew off towards town while this guy's friend was trying to take pictures of it with his phone. But of course it was 2011. So nobody really had like, yes, he had a a camera on his phone, but it wasn't, you know, one of those super high resolution ones like we have now. And of Mm -hmm. course he was shocked by all of this. So none of the pictures turned out, but it was just a month later that the Fukushima power plant was so terribly damaged in the tsunami mm. so was the mothman specifically trying to be the harbinger or like the warning of the power plant failing mm. or was it just the tsunami as a whole or was it all just kind of a package deal because like, yeah, i guess i guess the power plant wouldn't have been damaged without the tsunami right it might just but be, it's just I so interesting March that it appeared doom. yeah and and i guess i just find it really interesting that the mothman specifically appeared next to the power plant which was the thing so like yes obviously the tsunami was very devastating it destroyed thousands of buildings thousands of people died but what made it so incredibly scary and and affected so much more of the surrounding area was the power plant Mm -hmm. meltdown right I, i guess
0: it speaks just to that there's kind of a precision to where the mothman appears you know, like, it's yeah. it's very specific. And that location can give you information to the things that might occur. Um- it's. It, I think that some context is required as well just for what the experience of encountering the Mothman is like and I found a bit of information on this so it's like when you see the Mothman it's not just like getting attacked by a bird or when you know a bird flies really close to your face or something like you know that's not great but um, there is kind of um, a step by step process so survivors claim to have been um, kind of like assaulted by hearing a loud buzzing is often the mm-hmm. first step of that process um, in an extreme feeling of dread. Like before they've even seen Mothman, there's um, like a full-bodied dread feeling. And then the actual experience of seeing the Mothman, often these, these whooshing um, shadows, something flying really quickly towards you is just an extreme terror. So it, it, it's like a full, but it almost seems kind of Lovecraftian, like when you see those like ancient one, your body can't process how scary it is. Um, and after experiencing uh, a visit from the Mothman, um, there's, uh, like evidence that says people's eyes are bleeding or even like some to their ears, but specifically their eyes often, or like you get really red blood, bloodshot eyes. Um, so it sounds like start to finish, not a great experience. (laughs) Um, but I thought maybe that three-step process would give people an understanding of what these visitations are like. And yes, the Mothman isn't intending to do those things, but the extremeness of the emotion maybe makes it stick out for people so that they really start examining where they are, what happened, um, I don't know. There is also, uh, now this gets into kind of like aliens style territory, Area 51, but um, at least in Point Pleasant, there was a lot of reports of uh, men in black visiting them. And this isn't like, Mm -hmm. Men in black from the movie style, kind of like suave, cool guys. Apparently, they were very, like, kind of like awkward and gross. Like, they're just kind of unpleasant to be around, kind of um, agents that seemed to be like sneaking around the area at that time as well. And when they would try to get information, sometimes it would be denied by these men in black, which, again, not a great sign <laughs> of uh, casual, um, you know, explanations. Um, now there is, uh, for those who are looking for, you know, let's say a more pedestrian explanation for the Mothman, I'll give you a couple, you know, uh, let's just call them conspiracies of normality. Um, the first, uh, is that the locals have potentially seen a large sandhill crane. As, which is a, a really big bird. It does have a 10 foot wingspan Whoa. and red markings around its eyes. So if you saw one of these things flying after you at a car, it, it's so big that it could have been confused with the Mothman in this way. Um, the bird isn't native to West Virginia, but there has been occasionally um, a few birds that have been known to make it over there. So the idea that it would be just a couple might be an explanation of these sightings that we had with Mothman.
2: And um, if they're not native to that area, then I suppose it would be quite a surprise to people yes. to see one.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh, what the, a
2: what an excellent way for the Mothman to hide behind a real life creature. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It wasn't me.
0: It was just some crane. Uh, it wasn't um, me. It
2: was just, yeah, some some foreign bird.
0: The other explanation that I had, which is also in the territory of birds, is that it could have been owls, specifically because they have extra blood vessels around their eyes that make them glow extra red at night. So this idea of seeing um, red glowing eyes flying past you in a really kind of abnormally bright way, some people said could have been uh, owls or barn owls um, flying past their car, um, which I feel like... I feel like they have kind of a gliding motion to the way that they move as well in terms of a straight flapping, but, you know, I haven't seen owls up close in a little while. <laughs> um, I know they fly up, but maybe they glide down uh, as birds do. Indeed. Anyway, the third explanation, which is not bird related, and it's just kind of um, uh, relating to the, um, the area is that um Appalachia and West Virginia, just in general, is uh, largely settled by Scottish-Irish immigrants. And so there was a theory that those immigrants brought their folklore with them and that the Mothman could have been uh, either a descendant uh, or a literal uh, banshee uh, that came over oh. from Ireland and gained a foothold um, and took on a life of its own over uh, just over time, which I thought so was you're interesting saying- as well
2: maybe a banshee was a stowaway mm-hmm. in one of these irish ships quite possibly and then over the years has evolved into the mothman and that's probably why people didn't start seeing the mothman until the mid 60s yeah
0: it's certainly right? possible it had to
2: it had to you know maybe it maybe like a banshee bred with a giant moth and now we have a moth man. I'm just All right, well, well, well I don't have, I don't have a,
0: seems... I'll be honest, Benjamin, I don't have as much evidence about moth banshee breeding as I do about the rest of it. But hey,
2: I'm well I would let's be just very connect the dots interested. here, you know. I would be very interested <laughs> to ask our guests later, just you know, if if they know what their origins are like so, that, so you're you know, you're gonna you know? ask
0: our guests about uh, their parents and where they where they came it from it wouldn't be the way. first
2: time Well, will no no you're We're, right. We often talk about monster procreation oh yeah
0: abilities. i just want the record to show that this time it wasn't me it wasn't that instigated okay. <laughs> the, the line of questioning uh um, i also
2: i also really appreciate that the people of point pleasant have fully embraced their mothman yes. legend this that was, they have uh... created an entire annual festival around the mothman it now brings i was reading something like it brings something like between 10 to 12 thousand people wow. every year
0: i didn't know it was and that many
2: yeah and there is now a permanent 12 foot tall metallic statue of the creature mm-hmm. that was created by a local artist there is now a mothman museum and research center
0: do we know when? What, what day they celebrate because it's, i saw um, the first the first one the, was in um 20 uh i'm sorry 2002. 2002 so they must yeah. be coming up to their 20th anniversary
2: they just had it actually. I okay. was reading that the festival is held on the third weekend in September. Oh, nice! Yeah, and of course they'll they'll they incorporate a lot of very typical festival type things with you know, hayride tours and mm-hmm. pancake eating contests. But it's all in very true love of the Mothman, their local cryptoid, mm-hmm. uh, you know, center of attention.
0: There is also uh, just as a capper for this, uh, a Mothman Museum. Uh, that's run with all the Mothman uh, information mm-hmm. that they have. And there is a statue in town with a 24-7 moth cam. So if you want to search out at this exact moment of listening, you know, at the same time as you're listening, don't flick off the podcast for this. And then, you know, or if you do come back. But um, <laughs> there is a 24-7 um, moth cam that you can look at on YouTube that I checked last night and I did watch a minute of static uh moth statue hoping that maybe the moth man would appear in the background, but I didn't get any evidence of that. But hey, you never know if you tune into the 24-7 moth cam, uh, maybe you'll experience a sighting of your own. Um so I thought that was really cool that they do that. Um and uh yeah it's it's a huge phenomenon. Um that's uh, all the information that I have in terms of the history of this modern monster. Um, Madrin, last call for uh, some historical knowledge on the Mothman.
2: I I found some not quite Mothman creatures, but kind of adjacent, and it had the, uh, the same idea to it in some of it. Mm-hmm. So like um, in Cornwall, there is the Owlman. Man. okay. And it's again, and what I thought was really interesting about this, and the reason I bring it up, is that the sightings of the Owlman also started in the mid-60s.
1: So
2: I was like, hmm, could they be like cousins? Who knows? And again, Ah. it's a very similar origin story, is that there were two young girls who were on vacation, and they saw this very large winged creature that was hovering above uh, the church that was in the town. Mm -hmm. And... They were so frightened by the by this giant giant feathered bird man, they convinced their parents to immediately cut their vacation short and go home. Mm-hmm. So clearly they were very frightened by this thing, uh enough.
0: Do you think you they know? were again, overcome with a sense of dread and then terrified? Were they left with their eyes bleeding? <laughs>
2: uh well, there was no report of the bleeding part, but I would definitely say that they were overcome with it. Right. Yeah. And then um I think it was in about 10 years later, again, there were two girls who were camping Mm -hmm. and they said that they were confronted by a big owl with pointed ears as big as a man with glowing eyes and black pincer-like claws.
1: Mm -hmm. So again, it's a very
2: similar thing. And it also, I'm starting to see- I haven't heard that. Yeah. Well, again, this is what I'm saying that like, I don't think it was truly the Mothman, Uh but this seems to be kind of like, maybe a cousin uh uh, you know very similar things and i'm also starting to realize now that there's a bit of a theme of being seen by pairs of people
1: Mm, you're right this just
2: occurred to me right because when we were hearing about the first sightings of the mothman it was two volunteer firefighters who saw them Mm -hmm. two grave diggers who saw him well i think the two different couples that saw there's a
0: a phenomenon too, that if you are alone and you experience something this extreme, you will say to yourself, you know, either a, no one will believe me if I told them or B, oh, I was just having an episode. Like it was an individual experience. Right. Or like, oh, it was my imagination playing. But if you're with someone else and you both see it and you can both validate each other's experience, then you have enough like belief and confidence in yourself to take it to the police or to, to file up a report. Whereas yes. it just feels like there's something um scary, like uh, personally scary, of putting yourself out there to be the one person who saw something because you assume that you'll be just dismissed. Um
1: yeah. Yes, you're, you're right. right. And I couples. was,
2: I was um, I forget who exactly it was, but when it came to the the Mothman sightings, there was one particular person who even said, I otherwise would never have reported this. Mm-hmm. But when I heard that there were other yes. people who had seen it, then I knew that I wasn't making things up. It wasn't my mind playing tricks on me, that it was real. Mm-hmm. So again, like kind of a that safety in numbers kind
1: of <laughs> thinking, yeah. right?
0: But it absolutely, I think um, just puts a hook in that and makes it um, just even more real for everyone involved. Like just the idea that it isn't this mass hysteria, it isn't a group of people, you know, having too much tnt in their water the idea that it's occurring (laughs) all over the place inside and outside of point pleasant has uh really kind of legitimized that experience and i can't wait to find out uh get to the bottom of this kind of mystery uh with our guest in our third segment today Uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break we get back we're going to dig into pop culture and then stick around because we're going to be chatting with uh hoffman the mothman later on so something to look forward to All right, welcome back. Um, there is one piece of pop culture that really seems to be a trope maker uh, for the Mothman as we know it to be, um, especially as I'm looking at information. And so I think I'm just going to start with that. There is a film, which is also based off a book, um, which is called The Mothman Prophecies, um, which seems to be where we get a lot of like the images of the Mothman from. Now these sightings preceded, obviously, um, but it, obviously, but it kind of popularized it in a really big way, um, and I think that uh, made a big difference. I watched the film um, in the past few days. It's it was actually better than I thought it would be. It had a <laughs> lot of like early 2000s style, like it, both in the transitions and the the like the music and the performances were were quite good. It's got uh, Richard Gere and uh, Laura Linney is in it as well. Um, She plays like a police officer who's investigating the the case and uh, Richard Gere's character um, basically uh, a a bit of a time before the events of the film. His uh, wife died after encountering this kind of scary uh, thing on the road um, where she ended up having a brain tumor and dying. And then he starts inexplicably finding himself in um, Point Pleasant and trying to help all of these local residents who are kind of slowly You know, having all of these encounters with the Mothman and he realizes that there's a connection between the death of his wife and these local happenings and it all kind of um, builds up to um, that experience with the bridge. And I think the big thing is this film and this book was one of the first uh, things to connect the two. Like before the experience with the bridge and those deaths at the bridge were a tragedy and the Mothman sightings were their own thing but they were really brought together by the research that he had done for this book which became popular by the film and now we really think of the two as being intertwined Mm -hmm. um the film uh does a couple things i think are interesting one it like kind of refuses to describe the exact um appearance of the mothman you see kind of a bunch of frenzied terrified almost like detailed drawings of people who are seem almost like trance like when they're drawing it um, of, you know, shadowy black red eyes, etc. But it's it's inconsistent. And there's um, uh, a voice call um, with this person that keeps calling that doesn't seem to exist, that knows exactly what he's doing at all times, even though we can't see him. Um, and uh, Richard Gears character asks like what do you like what do you look like and um, the Mothman voice replies it depends who's looking so this idea that the, sh- the, the shape could change I thought was really interesting um, and lastly it's just <laughs> because it's a movie and they had to add a little Hollywood spice um, instead of the bridge collapse happening earlier in December. They have it happen on Christmas Eve uh, so that it really ties into, you know, the Christmas season and there's more of a, uh, oh, can you make it in time for the present opening and all of that. It's just a little bit of like extra conflict, uh, which really doesn't have anything to do with the monster at all. Uh, but it does, I guess, beef up um, the information that the bridge collapse did happen um, because there was an extra rush of, of holiday traffic. Um, so it came from somewhere. It's just a little bit bumped up for the film as it often is. Um, but yeah, I mean the Mothman creature in that film definitely is uh scary, like horrifying that with the you have know, eye bleeding, ear bleeding, um you have that the like, kind of like swooping sound. They they find a lot of kind of like red eye imagery, like the red lights on the bridge or two red stop lights. Like they kind of blur it into somebody kind of losing their mind slowly. And then you find more and more evidence of the the supernatural occurrence. Um, And it definitely seems in this circumstance as the same way we've we've described it, like you have to stop engaging with the Mothman because it it will only kind of madden you to try to know what's going to happen. Um, But it doesn't seem, again, like, he's a creature like ripping through people or causing death. He's just always present uh, before and sometimes during um, these, these conflicts. Um, So for those who haven't seen that film before, actually I was kind of like pleasantly surprised um, by of how engaging it was. And I think in moments kind of scary. And I think it just really is because the performances are good and you know, they, they really sell the material well, which does a big, uh, know it makes a big difference for for horror and kind of genre film um yeah on the flip side of this very serious grounded horror uh 2000s experience i also found uh on the television show invader zim uh the character dib is a member of the uh, organization called the swollen eye um, where his code name is Mothman, which I think is fun because nice. it seems definitely rooted in this type of, um, you know, origin of uh, eyes will either be swollen after seeing the Mothman uh, or bleeding or whatever that, that has some sort of intense effect on in your vision. Um, I did also find some evidence uh, for an X-Files episode, mansion but maybe yes. you, you as our X-Files uh, experts uh, in relation to me uh, can shed some light on that uh, episode for our listeners at home. <laughs>
2: (laughs) yes of course thank you very much will i uh have not over to you uh, with the (laughs) (laughs) x-files i haven't been able to talk about x-files in quite a while so i was pretty thrilled when uh yes i remembered that there was an x-files episode about this it was one of their creature of the week episodes so unfortunately we never saw the mothman again
1: um
2: and the premise of it the setup of it is a bit comedic in the beginning of it is that uh, Scully and Mulder have been sent with these other two FBI agents to go on a team building exercise, which of course Mulder is very against. So like the, it's kind of humorous in the beginning part of it. And um, they come across a roadblock. And so they get out and start talking to the, the local police and they find out that the day earlier, a man and his son and their dog had gone hunting and, mm-hmm. um, And they were um, attacked by these, you know, unseen glowing red eye assailant things. And the boy and the dog managed to get off, but the man is missing. And they also find out that there are two men who were there to survey some land who had also gone missing. So now at this point, we're missing three people, right? Mm. Um, And then later on that night, so of course, like Mulder takes an interest in the young son who got away because his whole thinking is there is no predator native to north america that will go after the larger more threatening creature if there's a smaller one available so his whole thinking is like why would it attack the father who was bigger and had a gun Mm
1: -hmm. and not go
2: after the son who was totally helpless right so Mm -hmm. it's so that's why Mulder starts thinking oh it's a paranormal thing right right um and later that night the kid's mom goes to let the dog out and when she goes to get the kid, the dog back, he refuses to go back in the house, which basically lures the mother out of the house. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, all of the doors are locked from the inside.
0: Wow. With the kid They're inside? In.
2: And so then the kid who is sleeping hears his mother yelling and screaming to be let back in. And he is confronted by this glowing red eye creature. Wow. The kid barely manages to make it out of the doggy door and Mulder happens to be there of course because of course he does um and they investigate and they find these like big footprints that look about human sized but because of the weight distribution on it it's obvious that this creature walks on the balls of its feet and not mm. heel toe like a human normally would mm-hmm. Uh, so then, fast forward, they meet another guy who's got like an infrared camera. They go searching for the other guy. Actually, is a young uh, Anthony Rapp. Of oh wow! Star Trek Discovery fame. Yep, I I did not remember that until I watched it. I was like, oh hey, look who it is! Isn't it
0: fun uh, finding people and things that you don't expect? Like oh, yeah, I was
1: like, who oh,
2: oh
0: hey, Laura Linney, what were you doing in two thousand two? Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. So Anthony Rapp plays this kind of like conspiracy theorist technician who happens to have an infrared device, and so they off go. Uh, Uh, hunting through the woods for this thing Scully falls into a hole and realizes that she is uh, trapped in this big hole with all of the missing people oh but that also she realizes the creature is down there too and in Uh her fall she lost her handgun so luckily Mulder manages to give her his she ends up killing the thing with a gun? And yes
1: Oh, yeah she manages to kill it with the guy.
2: but what they find really interesting is that it has like its skin is like bark
1: mm. so that it kind
2: of can blend into the the trees and the woods and that sort of mm-hmm. thing um and they also find the words ad noctum, which is Latin for into darkness that carved into a tree trunk. Mm. And then here's where, it, again, where it gets a little bit like this wasn't X Files' strongest episode is that Mulder then starts theorizing that these creatures are evolved versions of the first Spanish conquistadors who mm. had first settled there, that like they had become trapped there, and that this is the evolution of them.
0: Right. I saw um, an image of like glowing red eyes in a tree too that they could like yes. travel through trees or hide in trees maybe.
2: Yeah, they can kind of like that that's the thing is like they've got this really great clam- camouflage too. And then of course mm. as I was reading the the Wikipedia article on it, there was a lot of really interesting stuff about how they ended up making those creature effect mm. costumes and things like that. Um
1: was there and, any and...
0: Sorry, I was, just... was there any um residue that they left behind when they attacked? It was a thing in the the Mothman prophecies that sometimes after the Mothman uh, like attacked a car or or when somebody died let's say you would see this kind of black gray residue left like a like a moth you know like that you know when you get on your fingers or when they're near your door or something I thought that was kind of interesting as well.
2: Well kind of the like the moth footprints that were left behind after the kid was attacked in his house were kind of like almost ashy dirty
0: yeah yeah kind of moth dust
2: moth mm. moth dust yeah
0: mm. <laughs> cool yeah um, but yeah
2: but the, the um uh, like the what was really cool about the creature effects in this episode is that it had a almost like a predator-like feel in that the creature is perfectly able to blend in with its surroundings and camouflage itself mm. which is how it ends up um stalking its prey with mm-hmm. in the world or in the woods.
0: Cool. Um, there is also, I found, because I was looking for films, um, there isn't a lot of Mothman uh, films. If you're looking for some, uh, you know, strong material to make a movie around, I think Mothman is it. Um, but there is a film, I think that just came out in September of this year, which is a found footage horror film about Mothman. Which I think could be a cool idea. It like like Blair
2: Mothman Project. Yeah, (laughs) and it looks like it was
0: made for only about like twelve thousand dollars. So when I was looking up the information of the film, it looks I found um, that they had done some other found footage films that have done fairly well, considering I think the low budget. Of what they're doing. Uh so respect for them for uh, making movies uh with not a lot of um you know budget. Uh but I thought that concept was actually kind of cool, right? Because the the found footage really speaks to uh you could you could start integrating the like electricity, the unreliable like nature of these experiences, um, like the fear and the hysteria of it all. I thought, you know, could kind of work in that format. Um there's a couple of video games that Mothman appears mm-hmm. in as well. Um, the first one that I found is um, in Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow. There are three cryptids that you can find that are kind of hidden in the game, which are a uh, flying humanoid, uh, Yeti, and Mothman. And Mothman can be summoned by turning on a giant uh, spotlight using your kind of like electrical attack. And then I think you can fight the Mothman. Uh, which is neat that they just kind of buried these cryptids inside the game. Um,
2: My favorite game appearance of the Mothman is in Fallout 76. I figured that was
0: the other one I wanted to (laughs) bring up. The Fallout
2: franchise I absolutely love. And of course it's perfect because especially 76 takes place in Appalachia. So of course mm-hmm. it's right in the heart of West Virginia. So of course they have to bring in the Mothman part of this Be- and oh, it's so yeah. perfect because of what we were talking about with like lo- nuclear disaster and hiding in the woods and uh-huh. it's just so perfectly fallout. Um so in I know in Fallout 76 you can actually after you finish a quest you unlock the ability to actually summon a, po- a- passive mothman like he just kind of stands there and hangs out with you for a while until he disappears but what's also what's really funny and what's really fun in the game that i love is that a mothman can just randomly appear and attack you briefly and then disappear for a while (laughs) that's
0: the i did find (laughs) it's just so (laughs) mothman-y i found gameplay of that where you're inside like a house you can see him through the window like peering around the corner you have to take him out um apparently they also built um, the like Mothman Museum is in Fallout 76 that you can find the Mothman Museum as part of your gameplay. And the people who run the museum were like, what, really? We're in it too? Uh, Like they had no idea until the game. Um, oh, like in know. real
2: life, the Mothman Museum, people were like, we're in a video game.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was well, kind of sweet.
2: those particular people would probably be very dead if they yeah. were actually in the game. Because yeah. no one, especially in Fallout 76, the whole premise is that you are one of the first uh, vault dwellers to emerge after the nuclear Fallout. Mm-hmm. So everyone that you encounter is a is a dead body. And mm-hmm. like that was kind of one of the initial complaints about Fallout 76 is that the, Everyone was the dead. To- that's the thing is that like one of the, the best things about those bethesda games in particular is how like the voice acting and how well they've written the stories of the mm-hmm. people um and so when you come out of the vault and you start exploring all you do is encounter dead bodies and mm. they almost all have tape recorders next to them mm-hmm. so you over and over and over again were listening to people's last moments right which is a fallout trope yes but for that to happen for hours on end was just nine mind numbing after a while yeah Yeah. so i appreciate that they started adding in other settlements and there were other people that you could actually talk to
0: Mm -hmm. um there was some specifics of the way that the mothman appears in that game which i thought was really great um they were taller than an average human so this idea that they could also be you know eight feet or nine feet tall i think is really interesting and their eyes um, are like a sign of the owner's like temperament. Like they change their eye color in relation to you. So purple eyes are passive, uh, yellow eyes are friendly, and red eyes are hostile and aggressive. So the idea that the eye color might change depending on how you're reacting to it, I thought was really interesting. And it was the first um, kind of time I had seen that Um, it was not just red eyes. Now that could be made for the game, but it also could have had its origin in some specifics learned at the museum. Who's to say? Who's to say? Um, now, you know, you've reached true pop culture status as well. When you have a Funko Pop, uh, created Mm -hmm. after you, and there is in fact a Mothman Funko Pop, which is very cute. Um, I don't own it, but maybe I should, um. Maybe I should start collecting our uh, monstrology. I don't have any Funko Pops, but I bet I could get almost all of our monsters as a Funko Pop. Oh,
2: that's actually, yeah, you're right.
0: You know, like it's- Yeah, that would never
2: really occur to me. I don't know if there's like a Funko Pop Banshee though.
0: I don't know, but uh, hey, if there's a Funko Pop Mothman, I feel like there's gotta be a Funko Pop Banshee, you know? Maybe they have like a, maybe they have a cryptid cryptid corner of the Funko Pop world where I could get- um, you know the yeah. lizard people and mandating trees and you know uh nessie and that maybe nessa's in there somewhere let's find out <laughs> um well I'm imagine that's it for my quick hits on pop culture anything oh, else you want to drop some some words when, of wisdom
2: when i found out that we were interviewing a mothman my the first thing that popped into my my mind was arthur from the tick
1: oh yeah uh,
2: yes i uh, that show the one with patrick warburton i watched all of it and it was short-lived unfortunately because it of course fell to the curse of being a fox series so mm-hmm. it died before anybody really gave it a chance but uh arthur is absolutely fantastic he's the Ticks sidekick and he is this really mild-mannered nebbish accountant but in his heart he feels like he could be a superhero so he buys a moth costume at an auction and decides to try to be a superhero and that's how the tick basically takes him under his wing kind of thing
1: Mm -hmm.
2: um and their interactions together are just always so funny and one of the best things about arthur is that there's this running joke that people keep thinking that he is a bunny (laughs)
1: <laughs> right. because
2: he's got these very large antenna that come up out of his costume and most of the time his wings are folded up into his body so basically it's this guy wa- running around in this kind of like off-white bodysuit with these big antenna coming out mm-hmm. so a lot of people think that he's a bunny yeah
0: <laughs> do a reboot of that show as well like a, a new yes season? they did a
2: 2016 series as well which i huh. have not watched but i'm not sure if it um if it made it or not. But I like even some of the the secondary characters are fantastic. Like Batman well
1: mm-hmm. uh
2: is obviously like a oh, Latino parody of Batman. Okay.
0: This reminds me of one thing, just because you said Batman is apparently mm-hmm. the popularity of Batman in 1967 oh, yes. or 66 six, or whatever was a part of the reason they ended up calling him Mothman. Like that's where the name stuck is it was just in the kind of like collective subconscious and um, so Batman is, in its own way, kind of an influence on the emergence of the name Mothman. Now yes, I, don't I, remember,
2: know if, I remember reading that. You're right.
0: I don't know if the Mothman finds themselves to be uh, quite the vigilante that Batman is. Uh, we'll find out uh, soon. Um,
2: There's also a, a Mothman character in the Watchman series.
0: Yes. So there's yeah, yeah. this like
2: wealthy oh, you know, yeah. kind of Playboy character who takes on the mantle of the Mothman. And this is in like the first iteration of the superhero team that we hear about that ha- that um gets put together before the Second World War. So he was actually part of the Minutemen, mm-hmm. which kind of later, like the next generation of them, then becomes the Watchmen. Yeah. But so yeah, yeah I was reading about like the-, the Mothman. Which I think probably goes along with the idea of Going back to Batman, mm-hmm. so many of the characters in in Watchmen, especially though those OG Minutemen, were kind of Batman-like characters as well. too There was a very kind of like Wonder Woman-y character. There was kind of a
1: mm-hmm.
2: Batman-y character. Yeah.
0: yeah, I love Watchmen. I had forgotten about that character because I guess it's kind of one of those earlier kind of even kind of backstory. Well, especially within,
2: yeah, especially like if you're only re- watching the movie the bulk of the movie is about the modern day watchmen and you only yeah. just kind of see flashbacks but the graphic of the novel
0: is phenomenal in terms of yes. giving you all this backstory and understanding where it came from uh, and like the, the
2: politics of it and the in like the intrigue and the the evolution of the heroes and how they came to be which is all so like very important to alan Moore. It. i think when yeah. he's
0: making it is that the message of the the, the story itself i think mean, that's what he does so well Um, Yeah, his his name was uh, Byron Lewis, I think the name Mm -hmm. is. And he had these kind of um, uh, proclivity towards engineering, aviation. um, Yeah, and he was one of the early Minutemen. Oh, it makes me want to go back and read uh, the graphic novel again, which is always (laughs) a good feeling. Um, All right, Madrin, well, I think it's time to take a little bit of a break. When we get back, hopefully we will get back and we will not be overcome by so much dread that we... um, you know, refuse to start recording. But when we get back, uh, we'll be joined uh, by Hoffman the Mothman, and uh, we'll be able to find out a little bit more about uh, the origin of this modern monster. Welcome back, Madrin, and uh, welcome to the show, uh, Hoffman the Mothman. Um, to the listeners at home, uh, we are doing this uh, remotely just for uh, Madger and I's safety, um, but uh, perhaps we'll return down to the Monstrology Bunker in future um
2: hoffman, plus it turns out it took a ton of power to heat that thing
0: yeah there like was just, it was
2: cold down there it was
0: really cold people uh, the, on the ttc were complaining that their their trains weren't functioning properly which yeah. like
2: eh, might be related anyway let's not uh leave the uh, hoffman out to dry <laughs> okay. here do not blame the inefficiencies of the ttc on us well that was happening long before we had a party
0: yeah they'll just say <laughs> but we didn't we didn't make it better um <laughs> Fair Hoffman. Okay. Um, are, you, are you there Hoffman? Uh, oh, ah, okay. Imagine. Uh, okay. Uh, if, if this gets worse, remember the signs, right? Uh, do you yep. have a feeling of dread? I've got a bit of a feeling of dread now. A little
1: bit.
3: Now. I do sorry, now, sorry. Yeah. I'm trying to turn it down. I'm trying to turn down my yeah. thing. Ooh. No. Ooh. Oh. Okay.
0: Okay. How is that? Oh, wow. Uh, That's so um well. That's it's still, I feel honestly, better. it's a okay. it's a little still a little bit scary, but like it's not as extreme. Yeah, I I had that kind of I, I feel like I'm in a bit of shock now from that. Okay, um, yeah,
3: hi. yeah. It takes a hey. lot of focus to bring it down. Just bring okay. it down. I'm trying I to see. think relaxing thoughts. Oh, your you. eyes—they've got that nice
0: little kind of yellow flicker, and they're not just pure yes. reds anymore. Well, it's well,
3: just... once the red comes out, then then the red comes out of your eyes too, with the blood oh. and the and the ears. Okay, the ears, okay. The ears. Ooh, well, ears,
0: checka. Okay. Uh, my ears seem to be okay my eyes Good. okay just a little bit bloodshot so I think I think we'll be okay Imagine, okay
3: maybe we're I'll try to hold it at this level
0: okay well maybe we'll just have to be careful we don't do this for too long Ordin- ordinarily I'd love to have a long chat with you but I, I don't want my eyes to stop working so we might have no, to see you, uh... no
3: one wants that
0: oh no one wants that so you don't want that either
3: well no
0: <laughs> okay um so um Hoffman just just a basic question where are you joining us from where do you live
3: Well I'm glad you asked me that uh uh I've I've heard a lot of rumors that I live in a certain uh, nuclear power plant uh-huh. I mean I I've, I've certainly stayed in that nuclear power plant before oh, okay. it, it has some very lovely cushions inside the well I don't know if you'd call them cushions you might call them more uh Uh, you know um, uranium and plutonium rods but they're they're very comfortable Uh, well I guess
0: comfort is relative Uh, are they
2: warm maybe perhaps i
3: i am drawn to the the warm fuzziness of the nuclear power <laughs> oh, okay. so okay. I, I spend a lot of time staying at nuclear power plants but <laughs> i actually I, I have a little uh, uh one bedroom condo here and uh, it's actually rather lovely lots of sunlight
0: oh, yes. and, and where is here where in the world is this this condo that you're uh that you're oh. currently dwelling in? Or is is that a, a secret? Okay.
3: Well, I wouldn't exactly call it a secret, but I don't want my many tens of thousands of fans to show up trying to find me. Let's just say that uh, something bad is going to happen here very soon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no.
2: So wow, well, you, you <laughs> move from location to location based off of you anticipating a disaster like do you have to pack up and move house every time that happens that's a lot of disasters
3: whenever i i sense that one is coming i i I try to find a nice one bedroom condo in the area
0: so you're saying hoffman you choose to put the down payment on a condo at each location instead of renting
3: well then, the important thing is that I have to sell right before the disaster happens, because <laughs> well, otherwise the the housing market takes a dip.
2: Yeah. Well, have you? I was, yeah, I was going to say if you know that a there's a really condos? good, yeah, if you know that that there's a really good chance that your condo might be destroyed. I must in the near say, future, house prices
3: in Chernobyl really fell after the disaster. There, <laughs> I, I sold <laughs> I just at the right time. Yes,
2: yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Wow. So, so can you? Is it that you can just anticipate these disasters happening? Or do you have some sort of hand in causing them? To-
3: no, 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 no. I do not cause the disasters. Oh. I just love the disasters, ah. you know? Okay. I, uh, I, I, I. I have a sort of extra time sense, and when a disaster is coming, I just, you know, you know how when there's a car crash or a train crash, and you just cannot look away. Well, imagine if you know that it's going to be there. You, 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 you don't ever have to be in a position to miss anything. You can be right there and watch the whole thing. It's really rather pleasant. And, it does. And-
2: it sounds like it might be a bit intoxicating because, oh. uh, I mean, I, I myself have have witnessed or or felt that phenomenon of having happened upon an accident or some sort of terrible occurrence and there's that part of you that goes oh no you you shouldn't be looking at that this is this is terrible negative things have happened but then there's your body kind of goes oh yeah look at it look at it some more oh yeah well, so I, so is this some kind of like like a like a contact high for you
3: oh that is, that is a very good way of putting it. like I, I get very excited when like I, I knew something was going to happen with that uh, that power plant in Japan, but then, then the tidal wave uh, it, it came out of nowhere and then, then it caused the power plant and it, it, was, it, was, it was it was really something. it, it wow. I was so contacted and so high.
1: wow yeah. so I
2: guess you-, so you could say that you are drawn to disasters like a moth to a flame.
3: Oh no 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 no. Everyone wants to make moth jokes at me. <laughs> I know also, that that oh, the Batman people to. called me a moth and so now I'm Hoffman the Mothman. I was just Hoffman before, oh. and now I'm Hoffman the Mothman and it's it rhymes and that's so unfortunate. But but I i am more of a bird than a a moth i would say yeah yeah so
0: i am seeing it it's it's a bit hard because you even though you're in a relatively well-lit area you're always shadowy like i can't quite get a sense of your kind of blurred edges yeah so it like doesn't seem to be quite feathers but it doesn't seem to be quite skin either
3: no no i i am composed of the shadow
2: Okay. Well wait, you are made of shadow?
3: Yes.
2: Whoa. Yes. Yes. So you're not entirely corporeal?
3: I would say not. No. That's when I saw the X Files and Scully shot me, I was no, 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 no. I I I would phase, phase, phase through the bullets,
1: you know? Oh, so there's part of,
2: you know, the fiction of X-Files. There's the part that's not real.
1: Yes. So I
2: I would also imagine, too, that um in, in that X-Files episode, they found that their Mothman creature had bark skin. So you're saying that, that that's not the case for you?
3: No, 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 no um, bark, no skin.
0: Well, imagine, imagine had a very pertinent question that she wanted to ask you um, <laughs> about your origin. Um mm. uh, really wanted to know about um uh breeding. And perhaps uh, if you imagine, do you want to, to put that question out there? Uh,
2: well there was there was just some speculation as to your origins, perhaps your evolution. As we were talking, you know, there was the X-Files episode where Mulder speculates that you were perhaps the evolution of one of the original Spanish conquistadors who had conquered Florida, because that's I I failed to mention that when we were talking about that's where the episode takes place. Uh, But then also we were talking about how uh, West Virginia, which is where most of the sightings of you occur, is prominently had been settled by Irish and Scottish people. And so perhaps you were the evolution of a banshee, who had stowed away uh, on one of those transports so i just mm-hmm. you know where, where do you know maybe where you come from how, how you uh, came to be
0: imagine wanted to know if a banshee boinked with a bird is that uh, possible or
3: i mean i mean it could be possible it could be i'm actually adopted i don't really know Whoa. yes yes i uh, uh i I grew up in a forest, a very dark, creepy forest, and uh-huh. not a lot of uh, exciting things happened there. Um, but, but you know, uh, my parents were very, very, very nice wolves. Oh, um, oh nice! Uh, but I, I the, they, they were not my parents' parents. They, they just saw this creepy shadow with wings and thought this can help me, ah. you know, catch other. Th- you know, food, and so they used me, which was not nice. But you know, they—they they were wolves. They were friendly in their way, yeah. and uh, uh, but I don't, I, I, I couldn't tell you if my mother was a banshee. If you know any banshees, could you ask them if they're my mommy?
2: Well, we do. Oh, know well, we, we do know, banshee. A banshee. Yes. know a banshee. You oh, know a banshee, but well, she still lives in in Ireland. So no, I, I don't no, know. If she I, even...
3: I. I haven't been to Ireland yet, but well, she did spend le- some
0: time in Ottawa as well. Have you
2: ever been oh, to Ottawa? Oh, that's true. That's true. There
3: haven't there haven't been enough disasters to get me out to Ottawa, but you know, it's possible that the wolves found me in Ottawa and took me to to the forest. I don't know what what wolf mom and wolf dad would have well
0: done. According to Brenda, the there was a lot of disasters in uh, the political parties up there. Yes. Am I right? Anyway, <laughs> um, you, you mentioned that um, you wouldn't describe yourself as a bird. You're more of a shadow. Um, I said some questions about the logistics of your wings. It says that you don't need to flap your wings, that you can just kind of glide. Is that is that accurate?
3: Yes, that is accurate. I I don't even know that, uh, that I would call it gliding because that... My wings are, are mostly uh, decorative, you know, uh-huh. uh, I, I, I can fly when I when I collapse my wings like this.
1: Oh, yeah. It, okay.
0: Just, yeah, just as a shadow later.
3: can fly oh. through the air. So can I but, you know, sometimes you just have to stretch and go,
0: Ooh, you know, yeah, you have it is quite a mighty wingspan. I can understand why you'd use it even if you didn't have to because it's yes. it's definitely more fearsome.
3: And Sometimes there are people standing near the disaster zone and, and, uh, you know, I, I am a monster, but I'm not completely horrible and I want to see the disaster, but I don't necessarily want to see that guy die. So I, I stretch my wings out all scary and I, and I set my buzzing up to scare the bejeebies out of these people and they leave and then a bridge collapses and they're not on the bridge and, you know, oh. it's my good deed for the day and the you other people die on the bridge and I didn't help them. But, you know, what can you do?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I imagine if you're a shadow form, I, I don't know if you can pick up an object. Like, could you save a falling person if you wanted no.
3: to? No, no. I mean, I I don't mind scaring people away. It's kind of my jam. But mm-hmm. if if the disaster is getting them, I really just want to watch.
0: Well, it's hard to I mean- save them. In that situation, they're all very motivated with their Christmas shopping. So I I would say even if you tried to scare a few people away, you know, they, they really want to get to that Best Buy or you know, whatever to get that that Christmas uh shopping in. So Yes, they're much, much more do. scared of
3: how young Timmy will react if he doesn't get his Xbox.
0: Yes. Oh well, it's a sad like, state of affairs. Yeah. People like their uh like their I know, I
2: really like my Xbox. If I didn't have one, I think that would be I'd I'd be real cranky about it. Well, well would you'd you... be
3: cranky if you died on a collapsing bridge, too. Yeah, yes.
2: probably. Just, well, I don't definitely... know if I was dead, would I be cranky?
0: Well, let's hope it's that definitely... you don't have to find out. Um, <laughs> uh, just remember how scared we were when Hoffman visited us. Imagine and that and that uh, they are currently using a uh, great level of focus not to scare us more. Yes. Should okay. I no, dial I, it up right? again? It'll no, 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 thank no, no, uh, you. No, sorry, sorry. That's just, fine. Uh, thank let you. Let me just uh, rub my eyes here. I just got a little, just a little uh driplets uh madrin so let's just let's yes, just keep this uh, keep
1: no, this under control. Good.
0: Um so they're uh in point pleasant now so I guess you were there at the bridge uh for that famous incident. Yes. Um have you been to the government facility as well? Have have you had any interaction with the kind of government facility near Point Pleasant?
3: Oh um, the you- do do you mean the, the TNT that's going on there? Yes.
0: Well, there's there's the TNT. Um, there's also the nuclear site. plant. There's the nuclear plant, and there was some some Men in Black um that were not very suave uh that were kind of gross. I was wondering if you could explain any of this phenomenon to us, because it seems just quite um you know complicated and and shady, quite frankly.
3: Yes, you know, I, 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 I do not like those men in black. As you say, they're very gross, very gross yeah. men. They're men who are wearing black who are gross. And they came looking for me. They thought, they thought maybe, 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 maybe. I had the power to collapse a bridge and they, you know, this was the 60s and they wanted to catch me and use me to collapse Russian bridges. And, Uh, i uh, you know, you don't like to be used, you don't
0: like to be used, right?
3: As I say, oh, I mean I do as... not cause the collapse. I just love to watch the collapse. You know, you know. Well,
2: and also you were saying that your your wolf parents primarily used you to help hunt, and so I can imagine yes. that there's some residual childhood trauma there.
3: Well, you I, know, I, 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 yeah, I had a rough relationship with my wolf mom and wolf dad, but they were essentially good people trying to do the best they could. You know, wolfing, um, but. But no, the the men in black showed up and they were looking for me and I, I made some phone calls to them telling them that I know you're looking for me and they said, oh, hey, what's happening? And I said, go away. Way. I do not want to be used. And they said, oh, hey, I'm a man in black. I can help you. And I said, no, you cannot help me. And they said, oh, but hey, if you come and collapse some Russian bridges. And I said, no, that is not how it works. And it mm-hmm. it, it, was really a whole thing.
0: So did you have to scare them away and do some, some light blinding?
3: Oh, those men in black. Oh. You know, they started out pretty gross because I I think the government agency that that promotes the men in black doesn't promote many showers, but no. I think they probably needed to hit the eye wash station when they were done because there was lots of red pouring out of their eyeballs uh, yeah. and out of their ears. I don't know if they have an ear wash station, but that would also have come in handy.
0: Well if it, if if you've described it as flooding out of their eyes and ears, yes. then I, I don't know if the ear wash station is gonna help them. I um
3: I mean some of them might not have made it. There was a lot of blood.
0: Mm-hmm. Um well, That's that's why you don't peer pressure people, you know, the listeners at home. That's that's the takeaway there, I think.
3: You were also asking, I think, about the TNT and the nuclear station. I definitely went to the nuclear station, and I had a good time there. Normally, I am most drawn to nuclear stations when they're going to go bang, and this one, of course, did not go bang, Mm. but... You know, I, sometimes I just like to breathe in the radiation, you know? You know, just have a nice gentle glow go all over you. Helps make your eyes the reddest and your mm. wingspan the darkest. You know what I mean. I know you know what I mean, Madren. Well, y- you like the radiation, I can tell.
0: Uh, oh, well, Madren, are you one of those people who just likes to hang around, you know, in the warm technology or... Or, you know, uh, when the, when you're filling up uh, the car with some gas, you like to huff that little fume,
2: would you say? Uh, more than anything, I have an aversion to, to radiation. If I go out in the sunlight for longer than about 10 minutes without sunblock, I burn.
3: I... Well, you're not what I thought you were. Oh, I'm mm. sorry. I'm sorry. That, it's okay. What, not what you were saying is. earlier,
2: though, about how much you like the radiation led me to, to wonder... Uh, what what do you eat or do you eat or it does the radiation sustain you like mm-hmm. how what is your energy source
3: Yes, the radiation is what sustains me. Oh, There's a reason yeah. that no one really saw me before, uh, uh, you know the 60s, and that was because. I was raised by those wolves much, much earlier in the 10s Mm. and the 20s. But until there started to be sources of radiation, I was rather smaller and weaker. You know, I had only the five foot wingspan and I really looked more like a shadow than a being. Mm. Now, the radiation has helped grow out this full figure you see before you, Mm -hmm. um, uh, I I started by you know no one knew that I was going to be there uh but I was actually there for the uh, the first nuclear explosions in Japan I sensed something bad would happen no one could really see me yet but I you know it, it, it was a very bad what happened there but I got my first dose of radiation and I said I have to have more so you know I, I i was like the americans they have radiation so i i followed them back to america and i i went to west virginia and i just sort of hung out at the nuclear plant until i got you know bigger and stronger and then i sensed something bad would happen there and i ventured out from the nuclear plant and i saw the bridge and it was a lot of fun and then i felt strong again and went on my merry way and sometimes i still check in on some radiation to you know strengthen again like i i got a nice radiation dose in chernobyl i'll tell you that
0: yeah you seem to have kind of uh soaking up power like a like a kaiju you know like this is um this is how some of the uh, larger monsters uh, godzilla mothra they seem to to grow and get stronger and stronger it seems that you are just growing and getting stronger and stronger with time
3: yes i'm um, relatively young i hope to grow as large as them one day that would be a lot of a lot of uh fun for me to yes. be able to to you know, be as big as Godzilla while I watch him crush a city because you know
0: that's oh, the kind that of disaster of I could get into.
3: I am a big fan of Godzilla.
0: Yes, me too.
2: Well, he he also has a an an, an occasional ally named Mothra, mm-hmm. who is a a moth creature. she is a
0: large creature that lays eggs. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, w- were you created in a in an egg? Do you have any evidence of an egg?
3: The wolves that I, that raised me did not have a word for an egg, mm. but sometimes they looked at a, an egg with a certain nostalgia that mm. could have been for my youth. Oh, so maybe I mean, we're we've really, we've come up with here. a
2: lot of, of potential origin I, stories here for I, you, Hoffman. I, I, have you I found my mummy might... I don't know. You know maybe... This might be worth investigating.
0: You Might have to track that down. Mm. Um, well, I'm sorry, I don't have any future information, but other than I know that, you know, we have giant moths, you seem to, we could connect some dots here. Um, I have one last kind of important question for you, um, Hoffman, which is that the people of, of um, Point Pleasant, they really love you, they're, they're big fans, and they've gone as far as creating a um, uh, a museum towards you, and uh, a festival that just celebrated its 20th anniversary. Um, there's. You know, there's even a moth cam, a 24-hour moth cam that they're hoping that you might appear in. Um, Have you ever dropped by the museum, popped into the moth cam? You know, do you ever make an appearance?
1: Oh,
3: I love Point Pleasant, and I think it's a rather lovely place. But I haven't sensed for a long time anything bad happening there. And because I have such love for the community, I don't want anything bad to happen there. So... Mm. You know, if something bad were to happen there, I would definitely show up and be like, hey, what's up? It's me, your friend, Mothman, Hoffman the Mothman. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I have a very busy life. I mean, you know, I'm seen in a lot of these places where the worst disasters happen. I usually try to go under the radar. Mm. You know, it's it. It's not all these huge. When when something huge happens, like a bridge collapse or a nuclear meltdown, or something, then. I can't control myself. It's so exciting. I get seen by everyone. Oh, but, you wow. know, when it's like you, you sent that intern to me to tell me that uh, he, he wanted to be on the show. Yeah, and, Richard. Uh, yes. And, and like, you know, I, I, I said thank you and, and, and you may go. And he didn't see me following him on the way out because it Uh-oh. was just a small disaster that was about to befall him. You know, you know, he just... He just, uh, you know, hit that crosswalk button to cross the street safely, oh, but no. but uh, the, the the driver, you know, he was he was not mm-hmm. paying attention on his cellular phone, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and boom, and and I saw the whole thing, and it was really cool. But uh, Richard was a nice guy, and I will miss him.
0: Was he kind of bleeding out of things that weren't his eyes and ears?
3: Well, I mean, when he came to see me, when he rang on the doorbell, I I didn't I didn't know that it would be such a nice call, so I hadn't focused down, and so he was already bleeding out of the eyes and ears no. after seeing me because so I hadn't maybe turned that's... my thing down. So I think, in hindsight, maybe when he went across the road, he might have been able to see the car coming, but there was so much blood in his eyes, and then yeah. boom, and then there was lots more blood.
0: Well, let's hope Madron that maybe the car put him out of his misery, um, because I, be. that that could be a hard life to live after being exposed to such terror. Uh, but we, we want to thank uh, Richard for his service uh, for for bringing you uh, here to speak with us, and he we was hope a his nice sacrifice man. is not in vain. It was yeah. a
3: very entertaining death. Thank you, Richard.
0: <laughs> thank you, Richard, uh, for your entertainment value. Um, well, um, uh, Hoffman, we're at a very important segment of the show that's been rebranded a couple times. Uh, it was originally called Pitches. Then it was by Madrin's request, referred to as uh, With My Dying Breath. And now it is called uh, The Coffee Break. Um, so if you enjoy uh, listening to Monstrology, you can go to uh, our website and give us a little uh, coffee donation if you like. It's ko-fi.com monstrology. Um, but, uh, it's, we, we pitch a couple things, uh, that we like, or we think might be, uh, interesting to our listeners at home. So, uh, do I, do either of you have anything you'd like to, uh, pitch at this, our coffee break as I will drink my coffee.
2: Well, they're not, not that Disney needs anybody to promote their works any more than they already have, but I have to say, I have been absolutely loving Andor. I yeah. don't know if you've been watching it. Well, it's fan fantastic i am so glad to see andy circus on mm-hmm. the series
0: i phenomenally the first good acting. three episodes oh I it man good. okay uh, i spent it's... the time to catch up with it but I, oh yeah, I have oh, heard yeah. It's, it's one of the best ones they've done it you could tell like right off the bat that it's going to be a little bit different so that's very exciting it's
2: very it's very tight it's very suspenseful the acting is absolutely everyone is at the the top of their game and like as i'm just so glad like that first episode that andy circus was in i remember saying out loud oh yeah i forget that andy circus is actually a great actor mm-hmm. because the last few things that we've seen him in are just like mocap things mm-hmm. and you're not really seeing him or like you know when he played claw in the marvel movies there was mm-hmm. that's a very silly over-the-top character mm-hmm. but uh his his character on andor is just horrible heartbreakingly good well, he's I he's been directing
0: wait. too I think he oh really direct I am pretty sure he directed the second Venom film I'm gonna look that up oh. to confirm but I'm pretty sure he did and I think that would be like a really nice partnership to work with him because he really understands not just you know the way CG will look but like how to play CG or like how to really think about um, you know how that's done when you're filming um, and how to communicate with actors so I can see that being really useful. I'm gonna double check that, but I'm quite certain.
2: And definitely too. I, I. This is also a controversial statement. Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars movie. Yes, highly and most people are like, how could that? That's not even like that's not a Star Wars movie. It just takes place in the Star Wars world. But I love so. And uh, Diego Luna is one of the reasons why I love Rogue One so much. Mm-hmm. Is he is absolutely he is also a phenomenal actor. Just the gamut of his this sweet innocent face and this guy who ends up doing a bunch of stuff that he just kind of ends up like every episode he just ends up falling into some new terrible disaster Mm -hmm. that is not in any way of his own making and he just like spends the whole so the whole series so far has just been like i didn't do anything why does this keep happening to me and uh yeah he's just he's phenomenal in it as well awesome
0: uh hoffman do you have anything you'd like to uh pitch to our listeners
3: Um, well, uh, for one thing, if we are talking about streaming series on Disney, I've been watching a lot of Bob's Burgers, you know, that Tina, uh, character really gets me giggling. Um, I am also, uh, very excited for, you wouldn't think this would be my thing because it's about someone avoiding something bad happening in their future, but I'm, quite excited to see a production of a Christmas carol at Campbell house museum oh, coming up yes. in Toronto for many
0: people, the most tragic day of the year. So maybe they're, <laughs> you're drawn to it for that reason.
3: Yes. Yes. I, I hear that is going to be a very good show and sells out quickly. So get your tickets right now, right now, right now.
0: So this is happening in in Toronto. Yes. And, and do you know how long it runs for uh, the, the run times? The
3: yes. Winter? It, uh it, it premieres on, on the 9th of December, and okay. it goes until, I believe, something like the 21st of December. Okay, so it but stops not... right
0: before Christmas. Yes. Yeah, you want to make sure that you have some Christmas Not a lot
3: of here. people keep doing a Christmas carol after Christmas. I don't know why. I mm-hmm. think a good January Christmas carol might be a lot of fun, but no one agrees with me.
0: Well, yeah, people, maybe they would agree with you if they just took the time to get to know you like... uh Imagine I have today. I
3: appreciate that. Nobody (laughs) takes the time anymore.
0: Well, I I think maybe it's just the buzzing freaks them out, and by the time Mm, they've seen you, it's just escalated. No, it's okay.
3: Sorry, it's coming back. I'm going to concentrate again.
0: It's okay. I'm just going to look away for this next segment, if that's okay, because my eyes are getting a little bit drippy i think it's just uh i think it's it doesn't seem to be too red so i think we're okay Uh, i'm just gonna get my last pitch in there just uh before um hopefully we don't uh, experience any long-term damage from this conversation um there's a film that's out i believe it's just released widely all called the banshees of inishirin uh which is a new film by martin mcdonough and it is excellent um, all of his films are excellent. Martin McDonough is also a fantastic playwright, um, one, of, one of the world's best playwrights and really renowned Irish playwright. And he has these kind of intimate plays. And uh, this newest film um, uh, is is like a phenomenal kind of uh, relationship uh, between these two men. And one of them basically decides in this um like very small town in Asher and that they just don't want to be friends with the other one anymore and Colin Farrell plays this like very lovable idiot that just desperately wants to, to be their friend again and it being Martin McDonough gets kind of gruesome and also sweet at the same time. Um, it's reviewing very well. I got to see it at, at TIFF um, a couple months ago and now that it's out uh, to the wide, wide world, I hope that everyone goes and sees it. Um, it's an interesting kind of story about uh, friendship and I just think Um, Martin McDonough is one of the best uh, writers and directors out there. So it's definitely worth your time if you're looking for something fun uh, leading up towards uh, the holidays, let's say. I'm getting into that. It's no middle of November, but the world is telling me that Christmas is coming, whether I like it or not. So uh, maybe you go check that movie out. Um, Well, thank you very much, Hoffman. Um, my, My ears are kind of ringing. So as much as I'd love to continue this conversation, I think we have to wind it down. Um, I'm fairly certain that this won't extend to our listeners, but if, if any of our listeners are getting a little bit, uh, eye, ear drippy or having a little mild terror sorry about the side effects, I hope the information was, uh, worth it for you. Um, at the end of the episode, we sometimes like to hand it over to our guests just to see if they have any words of wisdom they'd like to share. Uh, if you can just put that buzzer down to, to a mild uh, tone, I think we'd all appreciate that, but I'd love to hear if you have anything you'd like to share with our um, listeners
1: at home alright
3: listeners listen very closely this is very important I want you to know that if you are in a traffic jam and you are going very slowly down the highway and you see that the car accident is actually on the other side of the street it's slow because people are slowing down to watch it I want you to know that there's nothing wrong with that accidents are cool
0: wow All right. Well, this is the first time we've heard that, uh, but it makes a lot of sense uh, from your point of view. And um, certainly there's uh, some films and uh, people in the world who will agree with you. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, We're excited to to get rolling again after our anniversary and to get into some more modern uh, monsters and some new monsters this year. Um, Until the next episode, I hope you encounter as many or as few monsters as you would like. And I uh, hope you have a great life. Bye. Monstrology is homegrown Canadian content co-hosted by Will King and Madrin McCabe, edited and produced by Will King and distributed on the Podbean platform. As a young hatchling podcast, it means a lot to us if you rate, review, and subscribe to Monstrology on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever your monsters are found.